0: This is Taiwan Plus on ICRT, your connection to stories that matter. Brought to you by the news team at taiwanplus.com.
1: Welcome to Taiwan Plus News. I'm Ian Kavatt. Two more children under the age of five have died of COVID-19 in Taiwan, prompting questions about when the country will start vaccinating its youngest citizens. John Van Trieste has this report.
2: Taiwanese officials announced the deaths of a three-year-old and a one-year-old from COVID-19, bringing the total now to four children who have died in the country from the virus. Experts are puzzled that three of these children also had encephalitis, swelling of the brain. It's a condition that a growing number of children with severe COVID have, but seemingly only in Taiwan.
3: 目前观察到有这个脑炎
2: Efforts to vaccinate children will get a boost on Wednesday, when Taiwan will start giving the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine to children as young as five. That's on top of the Moderna vaccine, which it's already giving to children as young as six. But younger children, like those whose deaths were just announced, will still have to wait. Health Minister Chen Shijong says that the Moderna vaccine has shown promise for small children in U.S. trials and that Taiwan will ask Moderna to share its data if the U.S. gives its vaccine emergency approval for use with small children. But even then, the health minister says, it will still be at least July before Taiwan starts giving it to its own small children. Klein Wong and John Van Trieste for Taiwan Plus.
1: A former health official says a lengthy diagnosis process has cost lives in Taiwan's current wave of COVID-19. More than 500 people have died from COVID since the Omicron variant began to spread in Taiwan. Former Centers for Disease Control director Su i says a complicated process for confirming cases means doctors take too long to diagnose patients. He says by the time some patients are diagnosed, it's too late for medical treatment to save them. Slightly over half of the fatalities in the current wave died within five days of getting a diagnosis. Nine percent died before their COVID infection was confirmed. Sue says a more efficient process would let patients get the medicine they need faster. Taiwan's Ministry of Justice says it's considering enacting hate crime legislation. It comes after the May 15th shooting in California targeting Taiwanese churchgoers. U.S. authorities say the suspect harbored resentment towards Taiwanese and has been linked to pro-China groups. Rick Glowatt reports.
4: Taiwan's Vice President, William Lai, lights a candle in memory of John Cheng a Taiwanese-American doctor who was shot dead in an attack on a Taiwanese church in California just over a week ago. A few days later, 68-year-old Taiwanese-American David Cho was charged with first-degree murder for allegedly opening fire on members of Irvine Taiwanese Presbyterian Church, killing Cheng and injuring five others. Authorities say they found handwritten notes by Cho expressing hatred of Taiwan, and he has been linked to groups promoting a Chinese takeover of Taiwan. China's ruling Communist Party sees Taiwan as part of its territory and has ramped up threats to take the island by force. Taiwan has deep historical and cultural links to China, but how it defines the current relationship is at the root of many political and social divisions in the country. The California church shooting has rattled Taiwanese Americans at home and abroad. On Sunday, Taiwan's de facto ambassador to the US, Xiaobi Kim, worshipped with the Irvine Taiwanese Presbyterian Church, She said the attack ran counter to Taiwan's values.
1: I think our our work has always been to build a democracy where um, people can express differences through peaceful ways. And again, we condemn any use of violence and hatred um, in expressing different views.
4: Following the shooting, activists and lawmakers in Taiwan have pushed for hate crime legislation, which the Justice Ministry on Monday said it would consider. The attack overseas has highlighted the potential for violence over Taiwanese people's differing views on China, prompting introspection and a commitment from the country's leaders to tackle hate. Patrick Chen and Rick Lowert for Taiwan Plus The Biden
1: administration is changing the type of weapons it sells to Taiwan. Taiwan's defense ministry says arms purchased will be based on lessons learned from the war in Ukraine and says it is on board with the new strategy. But U.S. business groups in Taiwan believe the new plan is too restrictive, Bing Wang reports.
3: U.S. military hardware like these may no longer be available to Taiwan as Washington shifts its arms sales policy. The Biden administration will not only send Taiwan weapons it considers useful for asymmetric warfare, where countries with armies unequal in size are engaged in conflict. This new strategy is meant to compensate for the size of Taiwan's military. But in a letter addressed to U.S. State Department officials, American business groups in Taiwan say the new policy is too restrictive. The letter reads, the apparent sole focus of this new arms sales policy is to address an all-out D-Day-style invasion of Taiwan. Capabilities that do not apply to this scenario will be denied, including those that address China's ongoing coercive gray zone activities in Taiwan's Air Defense Identification Zone, ADIZ, or a blockage scenario that would require a range of naval capabilities. China sees Taiwan as part of its territory, and its air force has been conducting frequent incursions into the country's ADIZ. Such gray zone tactics are part of an effort to wear out Taiwan's military. Taiwan's Defense Ministry backed the U.S. State Department's change in policy. Some military scholars believe that this shift in arms sales policy has much to do with watching the war in Ukraine unfold. Another factor is Taiwan's financial capacity.
4: 在這個情況下,那我們軍方能夠在多花到武器採購的金費上來講,也的確相對來說是比較有限的啦,那在這個情況下,那軍方其實必須要對現有的資源做更有效跟更緊證的運用,這也是事實。US
3: and Taiwan defense officials will meet next month in the annual Monterey Security Talks where they're expected to further discuss arms sales and defense strategies, hoping to work out a plan of action to deter any Chinese military threats against Taiwan. Chris Ma and Bing Wong for Taiwan Plus.
1: The president also acknowledged Taiwan's status in the tech world and stressed how new technologies would play a pivotal role in the future. But as Jaime Okon found out, the industry still faces massive challenges stemming from the pandemic.
0: The organizers at Computex say that turnout is much lower than before the pandemic. The last in-person event was held in 2019, but they say that despite this, the event is much more important than ever. Experts here say that the pandemic has pushed many people to turn digital. So the demand for computers, tablets, and more specifically, the parts that make up those devices have skyrocketed. But there's a major hitch. Supply chain issues. Getting the parts you need to make a computer or electronic product has become a huge challenge over the past couple of years. One of the main reasons is the pandemic. Taiwan's economic minister Wang Mei-hua told the crowds here about the challenges affecting the industry on a national level. Organizers here said that they're also trying to adapt to the challenges posed by travel restrictions. This year a lot of the participants will be joining online. Along with building relationships, many of the people and the companies here said they are looking to recover from the loss of business caused by COVID-19. But they say the pandemic has also given them opportunity to develop technology. For instance, remote working has become a way of life. So many companies here are looking to the metaverse. Taiwan has a reputation as a tech powerhouse with a global reliance on its semiconductors. And it's looking to build on that as it becomes a leader in a new tech space that will be just as integral in the future.
1: Our reporter Ryan Hokel-Patrick spoke to World Uyghur Congress spokesperson Zemrutei Arkin to learn more.
2: What are your expectations for this trip? And what kind of meaningful access do you think her and her team will actually get there?
5: This tour is pretty much going to be uh, choreographed and uh Curated by the Chinese government, so the office and the high commissioner herself will not be able to speak to people that she wants to speak to. Freely go visit, you know, specific locations, for example, camps, forced labor factories, um, and maybe also the sites of uh, destroyed mosques or or some other uh, sites of cultural and religious importance. This visit was announced very unexpectedly, um, and the terms of the visit has not been pub- made public. The lack of transparency transparency is highly worrying for us for not only oil groups but also for civil society um, groups in general um, given that they have also not published a report uh, since the, the you know the announcement back in September 2021 uh, we don't know how this visit will really be uh, used and if it's going any use of all but we for sure know that um, the high, the Chinese government will use this um, it, for for their propaganda show and also instrumental this visit as well.
1: Thank you for watching Taiwan Plus News. I'm Ine Cavat. For more stories from Taiwan and around the world, please download the Taiwan Plus app. Stay safe and see you next time.
0: Thanks for listening to Taiwan Plus on ICRT. For more great stories from Taiwan and around the world, visit TaiwanPlus.com.